So we are back with another episode on habits. Um, I feel like potential listeners might be getting bored of habits. And I have yeah. to say, by the end of this, we probably will be as well. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think we'll literally be able to cover... Like, it was funny the other day, I was at, um, at uni, and this guy asked me, uh, um, what are you doing your dissertation on? And I'm going to be doing it on habit formation, oh, yeah. okay. or somewhere around that. Yes. And he was like, oh, have you read the book? And I was like... Which one? I've I've read them all now. They're all the same. They just merge into each other. It's like yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, and so today we're covering the habit blueprint. And who's it by? I'm going to butcher the author. Um, is it Patrick? No, that's not. I don't think it is that one. Um, well, I can get it up as well. Habit blueprint. I Pat. No, you're right. It's Patrick. It, Patrick Edlab, right? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah, it's a very simple book, straightforward. It's like I think it's like is it a hundred pages or something like that? It's something it's, like that. It's it really short. doesn't it doesn't mince its words. It's very much in comparison to the other habit books books which kind of explain why what how habits are formed, why you need to change your habits, etc. This book just goes straight into like how. Yeah. yeah. Um rather than explaining to you I best I guess it kind of assumes that you're already in the market for changing your habits, like you already appreciate mm. the value. So it just goes yeah. straight into like how this is this is the sort of framework you use or the habit blueprint in the title to to change your habits um, yeah exactly um and he basically presents a 15 step guide that's very straightforward and we'll see a lot of them we we probably talked about before and probably will touch on again in other books um but there were a few things actually in this book that i hadn't come across before and i thought that were quite good um, yeah for sure, so, yeah. we'll, we'll get onto those later. What was it like the moral, like the moral licensing and stuff? Or, I can't remember the yeah, name. Yeah, those kinds of things and a token economy. Those. Um, I was in mental loopholes. Yeah. Mm. Like, well, yeah, we'll explain that later. But yeah. if you've listened to our atomic habits, you're probably going to see a lot of the same um, ideas and topics come up again. Um, atomic habits was written after this book as well, so me interesting to think that you know potentially this guy or uh, James Clear was reading this book as well, just to sort of take some of the ideas and explore them or expand them. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting, isn't it? That like realistically, most of the books use the same kind of examples because those examples yeah. come from studies that are good studies and, you know, are the hallmark of what habit, you know, aspect of habits it is. Um, so yeah, they all kind of, it was the same thing with the propaganda, wasn't it? It's like, we saw the same kind of examples pop up in the age of propaganda, yes, propaganda yeah, no, and um, influence um because they're prevalent and because they make sense and because they were well conducted uh, studies and also they and they all present the same sort of underlying principles if that makes sense yeah. like the reason why a lot of these you know um a lot of the advice given in these habits books is habits books are the same is because they're based upon the principles of like yeah. what, what how to set up a habit right so um no wonder they're repeating themselves because it's kind of like they found the underlying mechanism like the whole sort of like habit loop etc um and i guess what they do as well these different books is for example with james clear he creates his own sort of framework to help people understand it yeah because this has nothing here about in this book at least has nothing to do with like you know making it clear making it obvious making it easy making it attractive he yeah. literally in this book touches on exactly the same points but he doesn't create a framework which is easy to understand and to apply 
Uh, yeah, Whereas, well, well, fine. He doesn't. He does do something similar. I guess he has the step process of what you should be doing, but he doesn't do it. He doesn't present the information in a package that James Clear does. Yeah, which is quite interesting because it just once again shows the value of just you know making sure when you take all this information and you package it in a way that's like understandable and easy to apply. Um, you know, in comparison to some other books, which are a bit more you know, I guess less frameworky, more sort of meandering conversation yeah. around around a topic, right? Yeah, no, of course. It's like, whether you want your guide. book to be actionable, in, in a yeah. sense, isn't it's, it? It's, it's like, it's, you it's want how to, to read a book, book, isn't it? It is. How to read a book is the difference yeah. between what what was the different types of books? It was like a practical book visa. I can't even remember what the difference was now. I know. I need to go it's, back to escaping over me. Yeah. Because, because there was like two different types of books, right? It was one was like, yeah. this is a practical book. And this is more sort of like, a, like I guess you could call it more of a philosophical Literature. book, maybe, or like a, like a knowledge-based book. So less about applying the knowledge, but more about just sort of exploring the arguments kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this yeah. you know this 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 is definitely one of the books which is more like this is practical advice, but it's just done differently to James Clear's, where it's more just like here's a step by step guide, follow it through from step one to step fifteen, and you should be good to go. Like if you follow if you follow all the steps, I mean, it's probably not necessary to follow all of them, but if you do that, you probably optimize the chance of success. Yeah, it's it's interesting though because I wonder if when you're reading a book, do you is it just this like you know. Um, binary dichotomy in a sense where it's like either practical or it's not or is there yeah. a then what's the goal of your book for instance if you want people to you know um to take on board what you're saying and to implement it straight away then it has to kind of be as simple as possible and like you were saying james clears is very easy there's like there's four steps that's it to apply to basically any habit whereas if you merge the two, if you have a lot of like background knowledge and then a background information and then some like kind of actionable steps, it, it starts to get a bit blurred. Do you, do you yeah. See? No, I guess what Jim Clear has done is he kind of like read all the literature and then come up with like, how can we turn this into like something that people can actually do? I mean, obviously he has four steps. He had like, sorry, the four like laws, but then within the laws, he had his own little tools and tricks to sort of apply them yeah. um, and questions. And I just thought that was, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, he's, I think at the end of the day, the they work. all kind of, they all kind of build on top of each other, don't they? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, someone's going to build some kind of actionable step and it might be pretty good, but not perfect. And then someone takes that and makes it even simpler and then simpler and simpler. And yeah. You yeah. You just have a habit tracker. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. They all, all, all roads lead to the tracker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. So yeah, let's, should we, um, should we jump into the, to the introduction here? Yeah. Let's jump in. Um, so very 50% of the things, yeah. Yeah, 50% of the things you do on a given day are the result of automatic decisions. Um, so when we don't understand how habits work, we, um, we try to force behavioral change while relying on willpower. This inevitably wears out over time. And with each failure, we become more discouraged until learned helplessness sets in. I thought that was pretty good um, synopsis of just yeah. how we do try and force things so much if we don't get into this like rhythm it's like you don't have to do so much to start with just little small things to start with but regularly consistently over time and it will build up otherwise that willpower will kind of wear out and learned helplessness is a big one i think i think oh yeah i think that's a it's a, it's a very important point about the sort of learned helplessness. If you can't stick to the habits that you're trying to force through, you just build up a really big or sorry, really negative self association. Like you yeah. kind of be like, Oh, I can't do it. I just can't do it. But it's because half the time you probably set more grandiose goals. Like, you know, you know, everybody wants to be at the peak of their fitness, peak of health, 
you know, you know, reading 20 books a day because they just, you know, they can. Like, they're like literally an absolute machine. Everybody would love to be that person, but unfortunately we can't. And we have to take little steps to get there in the first place, right? Like you can't yeah. just run a marathon. Um, I think sometimes people set these lofty goals and then when they, when they fail with the habits, you know, like I guess people set habits like, oh, I'm going to run 10K every day. Like that's just not a good place yeah. to start. And no wonder you get so discouraged afterwards because you start realizing, oh, I can't do that because not – I mean, not many people can, unless you're an absolute freak of nature. <laughs> um, I, and I do think that's an important point that like a lot of people set too big targets and they sort of get you know, discouraged and they learn, like you said, learned helplessness because they just, they just don't build up a, a confidence in their ability to do the things they say they're going to do because yeah. they set themselves too high of a bar. And it's like the classic Jordan Peterson thing, isn't it? Like that's what make your bet, like start with the, the really small things you can do before you start trying to, you know, run a marathon or whatever. Uh, absolutely i think it's interesting like if you think about it on a kind of neuroscientific level you don't have those like neurological pathways yet you know basically the more you do something the more energy is directed towards creating that neural pathway so that the next time you do it it becomes easier you can't just suddenly go like oh i'm gonna run a marathon today if i haven't run in the last year you know it's because you don't have those pathways there you can't like you know it's it's not easy we can think yeah. that we would like to suddenly be able to embody someone who can like you said read 20 books but yeah, yeah. we can't just jump from 0 to 100 we have to incrementally build those neural pathways so that it's easier and that then it literally does become a habit it's like it was a really good um metaphor in uh the new science of psychedelics and he was saying that the more we do something, it's like a, it's like a hill full of snow. And the more we do something, it just ingrains. And so like, let's say you start here and you keep making that same pathway and then you try over here and you just slip back into the same pathway, you know? And then he was talking about psychedelics as in like a new sheet of snow. But in this regard, basically you just want to embed those neural pathways so that you can just keep slipping back into it and you don't even have to think about it anymore. You ultimately. Yeah. yeah. It's, It's quite interesting as well to think that, if you've never done the habit that you want to do before, you still have to figure out how to do it. And it might sound really stupid, but like, oh, how would you run? But you still have to figure out the path to run. So for example, mm. if I said to myself, I'm going to run now, you have to figure out where you want to go when you run. I mean, I guess some people can just be like, right, I'm just going to run in a direction and just hope it all works out for me, you know? Yeah. But th- that barrier to like actually knowing what you're going to do is a big barrier. So like just doing the first time, right? Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Since I've you know, moved to Paris, I didn't know where the gym was for the first few days. I hadn't figured out my pathway to the gym, but now I know where it is. I can do that habit way more easily. Yeah. If that makes any sense to you. Like yeah. The first time I was like, I was there fretting like, Oh, where, how do I get there? Where's my, like, wh- what way do I go? But now I know I've, I've got it in my head and I know the steps to do this, the habit. And I was thinking there's a really weird example I have as well with, um, washing up. So yeah. I used to leave like water around the sink. Mm-hmm. And then recently I've realized you can just use like a flannel, you know, the ones you twist to like dry yeah. it up. Right. And I never used to do that because I used to just leave the water because I thought it wasn't a big deal. But now I know the one specific action. Did I you get told off? Yeah, I got told off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, literally. <laughs> but it's funny. It's, but I, I noticed when I got, when I did it, I was like, Oh no, I know how to do this. Yeah. And now I do it every time. And it's not yeah. because I feel like there's a threat of punishments. Now I know what to do. If that makes yeah. sense. Beforehand, yeah. it sounds really stupid. Like, of course you just mop it up. But to me, I'd never done it before yeah. and because I'd never done it before. I honestly, I honestly stood there and be like, what do I do? Like, what can I do? Yeah. Um, you know, if you've never done it before, you don't know how to do the habit. Therefore, I think for me, one of the first points of call for doing a habit is, oh, sorry, to, to trying to do a habit is just figuring out what you have to do and do it once. Because once Absolutely. you've done it once, like you said, your neurological like pathways, you then have a pathway, which is like, these are the steps to do this habit. 
So like, yeah. for example, just going to the gym is like, well, these are the steps. I walk this way, I get to this gym, and then I do a workout. I mean, obviously there's more to it, but once you've mapped out at least the first part of the journey, then you can start the building gym, on it. Then you can start doing it. Yeah, you can start building on it. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, absolutely. And it's like, it's that ambiguity before we do something that like stops us from actually doing it. It's the same thing with like, you know, Oh, I need to write an essay, but it's so broad and so vague. I need the steps to be able to do it, you know, and so that I can follow it. And then once you've done it, it's like, Oh, okay. I know how to do an essay now. And then you start trying to improve incrementally, like little bits of it. I do Um, think that's why they always try and get you at first to do almost like the structure of the essay. Do you know what I mean? Like the the points you're trying to make. Cause once you have the points, it then becomes easier to like, okay, right. I'm trying to make this point. Now I can go find the research to make this point. Yeah. Do you kind of get what I mean? Like sometimes yeah, yeah, you start no, with the skeleton, you kind of create the overall and then you fill it in the gaps sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I agree. But yeah, no, I just thought that was an interesting example. Cause obviously with what you're saying with the, um, yeah, finding new pathways, like if you don't know how to do something, it sounds really stupid as well. If you don't know how to run, which I mean, everybody does, yeah. you don't know the pathway you're going to run. Yeah. It actually, the task becomes technically almost unlimited because there's unlimited choice of where to run. Whereas exactly. if you're just like, this is a common run. I wonder whether Strava helps with that, you know, where you can sort of see somebody's run and be like, copy that run. Like, yeah, I, I don't know no, if that's even a function they have, but that would actually help people to like be more active. Like, it is, it is. Because they've done it already. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, like, I literally did this the other day. So I, when I was at Anya's, um, I used to, uh, like, I was going to go for a 5K, yeah. but I'd never run around there. So I didn't know yeah. where to go. So, and yeah. I don't want to have to think about it later on, right? Like, oh, should I go right or left here? Blah, blah, blah. And so I had to, like, I went on to Strava to find runs that people had done around the area. And, like, it did help me from in that regard. Because, um, like you said, I, th- I think you brought up a good point. Like, the options are endless. It's overwhelming. And if you could do every option, then you're not going to do any, you know? Um, it's, it's, think you know, about the start of your day when you're trying to figure out what to do today. Let's just say you have a really busy to-do list. You could technically do everything on your to-do list, but you need to decide on one of the things yeah. first. Otherwise, you just have, you know... It's a bit like um, in life, you know, if you have unlimited possibilities of where you could go, you're going to go nowhere. You're going to be, there's that, I don't know if you heard the parable of like the thirsty donkey, I think it was or something like this, where there was like food and water and it was lurking at both and it couldn't decide, so it just died of thirst <laughs> and starvation. Do you know what I mean? Because it couldn't decide. It's like, funny. fuck, yeah, fuck yeah. which way do I go? Yeah. Um, but it is kind of a bit like that with um, yeah. with all of this stuff. You, and then you end up rationalizing it, being like, oh, well, you know, it's the end of the day. I still don't know which gym I'm going to, or I still don't know which run I'm going to do. I'll just do it tomorrow. And yeah. tomorrow, the same problem comes again, which is which run are you going to do? Which yeah. gym are you going to go to? Um, what's the workout you're going to do? Or anything which adds like thinking to the equation yeah, is going to cause you to not do it or co- let, make you less likely to do the thing you want to do. Yeah. It's, it's more friction at the end of the day. Yeah. And like uh, the law of least effort, you know, our brains want to try and conserve, conserve as much energy as possible. But if you put in more energy at the beginning, then you don't have mm-hmm. to think about it later on. Right. You yeah, know, the route, sure. like you said, you know, the route to your gym now, so you don't need to think about it. Mm-hmm. It's actually, um, I, I, I to honest, reading all these habit books and then going through the process of doing that. I've, I've realized how easy it is to like, unless you've set and stone where you're going, like the, like the plan, even yeah. with timing. So for example, I'm meant to go today and I haven't decided the timings and now I'm yeah. going to be going out for lunch. That's yeah. throughout my day plan. Now I'm a bit like, oh God, what am I going to go? Yeah. And that's another barrier, which is like, I should have just decided right today. Definitely. I'm going at this time regardless. Yeah. Um, like, no, exactly. It, it could be as simple as, I don't, I don't even know. I guess it could be as simple as knowing how to clean a room, which is funny like or knowing how, like how to fold your clothes right like for example let's just say somebody doesn't know how to fold their clothes god forbid um 
But if you don't know how, you're not going to do it. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that. Like if I know how to do things, I can do, I will do them. Yeah. But if I don't, and I don't know what to do, then I'm just going to put it off. Right. It's, it's, it really is as simple as that. And I think a lot of people just haven't even taken the first step to figure out what it is that they have to do for the habit, whether it's, you know, yeah, like making your bed, like so it sounds really stupid, but I bet some people don't even know how to make their bed genuinely. Like, what do well, I, do, I, first? I, I wanted... do I Do I put the sheet over? Do I do this? Do you get what I mean? Like there is actually technically, where do you start? Do I start with and, the and Also, with where do you stop? I think you have yeah. to have some ideal goal that you're going for, right? Like it, a run is very abstract. Right, it's like okay, I could go yes. for a run, but is that Ooh. a five k? Is that a sprint? Is it, so you need yeah. to almost you have very good a finish there. line yeah. first, and then be like, okay, well, how do I get there? And then yes. it's like once I know how to do that, then I can replicate that, and then over time, then I can tweak it and refine it. Like the other day, uh, because the boys and I are doing a half marathon in December, um, and we're running a bit. I like watch loads of videos on like biomechanics of running, right? <laughs> But I wouldn't start like that, you know. Mm-hmm. I I would probably just be like, okay, I'm going to go for a run. I need to, like, get into it first. And then once I'm, like, interested in it and I want to convince myself and make it seem even more beneficial, then I start looking at the more intricate, intricate aspects of it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. That's interesting. I'll, yeah. Got to start first, right, before you start, <laughs> start going into all that stuff. Yeah. Because what if you start running and then you don't like it? Right, like, yeah, yeah, no. You know, I guess it's, um, yeah. there's the basics before you first. get started, right? Yeah, yeah. I get that. It's like just go to the gym and do some exercise. Don't try and like optimize your lifting. You know, optimize your nutrition. Just go and actually work out first. Yeah. Um. But yeah, should we jump into the sort of habit loop? Yeah, let's I mean, do. It. We've touched on this so many. I think well, in the topic habits, and we're going to do yeah. the power of habit, which would bring us up again. So the habit loop consists of three components: so the cue, so the trigger that starts your habit, the routine, which is the habit itself, and then the reward, which is the benefit you gain from doing the habit. Um, yeah. What you got? You got here. Understanding how habits work means you experiment with their component. Yeah, basically, just like once you understand how a habit works, then you can be like, okay, what are my cues? What's the routine ah, yes, yeah. that it leads to, or like, what's the reward? It was actually quite interesting in the, <clears throat> the power of habit talking about how you can literally substitute the routine as long as it gets the same reward. Cause we ah, okay. do things because we want a reward. I want to feel a rush of endorphins after a yes, run, yeah. but I don't okay. have to go for a run. I could go to the gym. I could play some sport. I could do, yeah. you know, substitute the routine for something else, but as long as I'm kind of getting the same reward. Um, okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, so just meaning that basically you can experiment with it once you understand what a habit is and its components. Um, So step one? Yes, so step one is pick your habit. So you've got here, some habits tend to spill over and create positive effects across all areas of your life. These are known as keystone habits. So you've got here, fitness, for example, can help sleep, focus, etc. So begin with identifying keystone habits. So... I mean, that's already sort of, we've already touched on that, I guess, with the sort of exercising, right? That's, that's mm. a keystone habit. If you can, if you can build a habit around doing more exercise, that's going to impact multiple areas of your life, not just one. And you yeah. could probably say the same for nutrition, right? Like eating more healthily. Um, yeah. It's those little ones that like kind of radiate outwards. They're like ripples, yeah. you know, there's this, it might be a small change, but the fact is that will start to build a mindset. And this is kind of what I was getting from, um, uh, the power of habit recently is you know the smallest thing like track what food you eat 
leads to, okay, you start realizing your patterns of when you eat and what you eat. And then you're like, well, if I'm tracking this, then I'm being disciplined and committed. And then that discipline committed, like kind of spills over into other areas of life. So it's like, oh, I don't need to just track food. I could track my exercise. And then it's yeah. like habits, right? And so all the, it's like, you're only changing one thing. You're only doing one behavior, but that ends up changing your mindset towards other things. And so it's those yes. ripples. Um, and I, it, I think it can be harder. Uh, it, it seems hard, like it seems easy, but actually finding those like tiny little habits can be quite difficult. And ones that have so much um, benefit behind them. But once you do, I think they make a world of difference. Yeah, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure as well you could probably Google stuff like what are the best keystone habits right yeah. now? And I'm sure yeah. there'll be plenty of like, you know, examples that you, you can apply to your own life. Um, yeah. I, I guess another one for me would be something along the lines of just doing more reading or something like that. I think that would be pretty beneficial across multiple areas, if that makes sense. Like you would end up, you know, starting to maybe be more curious, maybe start, you know, realizing that some ideas are up for sort of debate still, et cetera. Yeah. Um, uh, another one that loads of people do that I see all the time is that sort of like gratitude journal. Yeah. I think genuinely I, that's I quite that a good keystone. I think that's, no, no, no. I think it's quite a good keystone habit for just realizing that, you know, your brain often focuses on the more negative things rather than, you know, the, the positive things in your life that you take for granted. And I think something like building that into like a daily, a daily habit is a, is a good thing to do. Yeah. Like, because it just makes you, I guess, a more positive person, a more grateful person, a more, somebody more connected to life, I guess you could say, like the value of it, you know, if that makes yeah. sense. Like you just feel more, you feel better. Um, I think you also take a lot of things. Habits. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think you also take a lot of things for granted that mm. because you don't really think about it. It's like, oh, someone organized this event that I'm at, but you don't really think about that someone's put a lot of effort into organizing yeah, yeah. that event, right? So then it's like, oh, I'm grateful for that. Like I, I do it, but I do, I do realize, you know, the difference. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's literally just these little keystone habits, like form a mindset, right. Yeah. That are applicable to, well, whatever you do. And that's the difference. It's like, you're not focusing on just that in a specific context. At the end of the day, it builds these kind of almost character qualities. You could argue. Um, do you mean the mindset like improvement? Mindset. Do you mean like a well, it, sort of like, yeah, it helps you focus on basically developing right progressing because yes. like by you know being conscious with these habits and trying to like aim for a better place that permeates yeah. across all your life and you realize oh wow i'm aiming for a better place in my health why can't i aim for a better uh be a better situation with my wealth i did that exactly right, <laughs> because it's <laughs> not like I mean? we, it's, yeah it's, it's not like we change our mindset loads towards but like from one thing to another it's like, oh, I'm doing fitness and I've got to be really disciplined. And when I get home, I'm going to be really lazy. It's like, mm. no, you have a mindset and that's that's it, right? Um, and so it's either going to, either one is going to spill over into the other. And like an example I would say is when I first started reading, I read a book that I was interested in, like the topic was something I was interested in. I wasn't really interested in reading. And then I found it really interesting. So then I read more books about it. And then I started liking the idea of learning. And then I just went on to reading everything. So yeah. it's no, like no, no, that that's, little that's, that's the initial story thing. for me, pretty much. Yeah, it's, exactly. I think, I think it's when you read a book and you realize, oh wow, there's a there's a there's a new way of seeing the thing that I thought I knew about. Yeah, I feel like we all come to it with the classic like Dunning Kruger effect, where you feel like you know more than you do, and then you yeah. read a book which sort of opens your eyes to the fact there's more nuance to what you think you know, and then you're like, oh crap, like I don't know very much, and then it becomes <laughs> almost like addictive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It is a bit like that. No, it's it like, is. Well, it I, is absolutely. It's like wow, I, I, I didn't, I never saw that that way. A bit like the habit stuff, like 
I guess we all just act in ways every day and we don't even think the seconds to be like, actually, hang on a second, I can have some level of conscious control in the results I get in my life. And therefore, I'm going to need to know everything I can about habits and how to develop better ones. Because if I can do that, I can get better results in my life because effectively what you do leads to what happens to you. Like like, like we spoke about in, I think it was a topic of habits, like you're basically like a delay effect, aren't you? What you are right now is all the habits you've been doing for the last couple of months, if not your whole life. It depends on obviously the... The area, I mean, health is, you know, fluctuates quite a lot. So, um, but yeah, it's, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think so. I think, you know, when you start these things, you probably have to give them a specific context with which you're doing it in. But the more you start to do it, the more you can kind of abstract out of all of those experiences of reading that book on that specific topic I like. And then you're able to abstract the key point, which is, well, I like reading now or I like learning mm-hmm. now. And then you can apply that everywhere else. And that's your keystone habit in a sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. You're right. It does. It definitely permeates across different areas. Yeah. Um, should we move on to yeah, step two? So step two, start ridiculously small. And we touched on this a lot, haven't we? Like basically the step of make it easy, but just like physical muscle, willpower works like a muscle too and can become fatigued. Make your habits so small that it doesn't even require much willpower to start them. The Zygonic effect um, refers to our natural tendency to want to finish what we've started and not yet completed. Starting small takes advantage of this, Um, which is kind of like the habit loop in a sense, isn't it? It's like we don't like open loops. We want to be able to finish it. And the smaller it is, the easier it is to complete it. Um, And then make your habits so tiny that you can easily be complete. It can easily be included can be completed um, every day without having to rely on willpower and focus on establishing the actual behavior first. And we were just touching on this, weren't we? It's yeah. the idea of like, yeah, figure out how to um, mop up the water around the sink and then yeah, yeah, do it, literally. You know, you can start and, 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 then, and then the habit actually becomes, like we said, start with the smallest action. So it's not even mopping up the water. It's just grabbing the, the, the mop. It's grabbing the, you know, the, the towel. Yeah, that's the habit. Yeah. If you grab the towel, you're going to mop it because yeah. otherwise you just pick it up and put it down. And you know, I guess, I guess it's weird, isn't it? When you do like a purposeless action, like for example, it would prang me out right now to pick up this water bottle and then put it back down. Without being <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, what the hell am yeah. I doing? What's wrong yeah. with me? I need to, I need to sit this bad boy. You know, it's kind of that thing. Like, yeah, yeah. If you start it, you have to finish it because otherwise you start questioning your reality. Be like, wow, I'm weird. Like, why did I, why <laughs> yeah. did I pick that up in the first place? So um, such a waste of potential. Um, yeah, a little bit like that. Um, yeah, this is just. We, I think we will go on to do tiny habit, tiny habits as well. I really want to go on to that yeah. as well. But um, I mean, this is yeah, like we said, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's reduce the thing that you want to do, want to start to the smallest possible thing, and then let the zygonic, whatever it's called, effect take take place. Which is, you know, once you've started, you're going to want to try and finish what you've done. Yeah. Like if you end up in a gym, it's highly unlikely you're going to walk in there and be like, yeah, okay, got to go home now. Like yeah, that, yeah, exactly. You, know, yeah. you would feel really, really weird to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then yeah. and then we've got uh, step three, which is build a chain. So this is kind of similar to the stuff which with James Clear's sort of like habit tracker. So the whole point here is, um, at least I believe the whole thing for this one is just the idea that you you keep track of how many days in a row you're doing it, and you build up a chain, yeah. and therefore you don't want to break break the chain that you've got. So it's the classic like sort of like tick a box. On a calendar, like I did it this day, this day, this day. Yeah. Um, and that way you provide yourself motivation to be like, well, I'm not going to miss out on this one. Yeah. Um, you got to hear about the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, it was this um, weird take that I hadn't heard before. Um, yeah. 
yeah, just this idea that, well, they were applying it because it's normally in economics, isn't it? That yeah. some cost validity refers to the tendency to make decisions about the current situation based on what was previously invested. So, for example, I'm full, but I might as well keep eating because I paid for the food. So the same thing could be applied to like habits. Where And I think James Clear kind of mentioned it. Wasn't he giving, giving an example of when he was in a restaurant and ahead of time he was like, pack up half my food now and put it in a box oh, yeah. and then give me the other half. So it means that I can't really eat the whole amount if I'm trying to like, if he was trying to lose no, weight. He did. Yeah, no, he did do that. Yeah. So I think basically invest in certain actions prior so that it makes it harder to do bad habits or easier to do good habits. Yeah, um, no, that's kind sure. of what I took from it. Um, it's kind of, yeah, on a slightly similar note, I guess it's kind of the case of like, if you pay for some, some class or something, you've already sunk investment and time into paying yeah. for the class. You're more likely to go and do it than if you didn't, if that makes sense. So, And I relate it to like the commitment and consistency principle from influence. From, it's like you, you've already started, you're going to invest more. But um, And then also with the building a chain, I guess is a case of also showing you the commitment and consistency you've already done yeah. to then further motivate you. Because it's a bit yeah. like, you know, if you've seen yourself build a chain of like five days, and then you're like, oh, I'm not feeling it today. But then you, you're going to break a chain of five days. It's a bit like, it, it reminds me of those like Snapchat streaks back in the day, you know, when you used to, um, you used to have like your friends and you have to message them every day. So, yeah, go on. so like, so the, the Snapchat streaks being like, I, I remember back in the day, I used to even just take, you know, the most simple photo of myself or just the floor to send to somebody to keep my like day streak going. Because if you once you get to with you and your friend, you've got like a forty day streak with like a flame. I think they used to put like flames next to it. You know, you're more likely to continue just because of the fact that yeah. even if it's not even like yeah. a proper conversation, yeah, yes, it's yeah, like, no, I'm going to keep this bad boy going. Yes, no, I agree. It's funny how like they can embed that on Snapchat, and it's just like so easy. Look, like, I, I remember I would use it purely just to get that streak up. Mm. Yeah, because you, you'd see like, oh, you and um, your friend, you got like, and also you don't want to be responsible, I guess, when it's you and your friend for the person who you know stops the streak. Um, yeah, and then once exactly. the streak went, you probably wouldn't even talk to them. You just be like, oh fuck, it's gone now. <laughs> yeah, or you just literally chat absolute shit just for the sake of yeah. uh, just for the sake of getting that. that little extra flame. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's the power of uh, building a chain. Exactly. Um, on to the next one. Yep. Step four. So we have to choosing a trigger so to create a new habit and make it stick you need to decide on a very specific cue that reminds you to do it over and over again so you've got here sort of use implementation intentions so writing down when and where so e.g a journal daily becomes i'm a better if i'm in bed at night i'll write my journal so basically what you would say there is the the being in bed is a trigger for writing your journal yeah um so you can use an either so you, sorry you can use either an internal cue such as a strong feeling or an external cue such as a particular time place object or person. Um, I think this one's quite important to be honest. It's the whole like mm. you know it's the idea of why some people sort of designate specific spaces for specific activities, right? So for example, since moving here, I've got now a chair in the in the living room which I've decided is my reading chair, and I only yeah. sit in that chair when I'm reading. Okay, yeah. And I it quite is. like it because it's a cue, right? You see yeah. it and you're like, yeah, that's my reading chair. And I'm like, that doesn't look like it's been sat on today, so I might as well sit on it <laughs> and yeah. start reading. <laughs> um, no, but the, the point being is that, yeah, you separate or you create specific things which remind you to do the action. A bit like, yeah. I guess you can set a cue more manually 
instead of it just being an object you could be like i put my gym clothes on the floor which is a classic example it means i need to go to the gym i should put them on and wear them or whatever before you yeah. get to bed yeah um but it's a step yeah, off no, and overlooked i think and i think like you know you have you have a lot of freedom to choose what is going to trigger you to do the action that you want to do um and yeah i think the simpler it is the easier it is to follow if it's conflated with loads of other cues then or loads of other relationships in your environment it gets a bit tricky because it's like oh well i, I also use this chair to do this and that and that and that and it's like yeah it, it gets a bit difficult um did i did i um did i recently show you my like really fluorescent pink headband because i was wearing it in your yes yeah, so, yeah, yeah yeah so you're like that's my like my comfy clothes to be like yeah. signaling to myself this is my time to like relax and i quite yeah. like that as well just this, this object here if i put it on i'm in this i'm in chill mode it's like don't bother me i'm gonna i'm just gonna chill today it's, yeah um but it's, it's a weird one how it like sort of i don't know it it mentally resets you i guess in a weird way a bit like putting on a suit makes you feel a bit smarter right it's like a, it's, yeah, like, it's like your armor right it puts you yeah. in this sort of frame of mind it's like this is my comfy clothes my trackies on i've got my pink headband which would just go chill yeah um it's, it's amazing i think just, yeah also, it just like works in the background, even if you're not consciously thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, something's like, different about me today. Like, I'm doing something a bit different. Therefore, yeah. I'm going to be behaving a little bit differently. I don't know. It's just, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a placebo, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'll take a placebo if it makes me feel more relaxed and just chill. Yeah, I, need, I need to get one of those headbands. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, step crew. Uh, create a reward. Uh, so, habit stacking, which I think we talked about in Atomic Habits. So um, you choose to do a certain behavior after or before establish the established habit. Um, so I floss my teeth after I brush my teeth is, yeah. is an example. And actually, mate, I just want to say, I think from a couple of episodes before, I just floss my teeth every, every night now. Oh, you got right. those habits You're in, mate. It's, just, it in, it's there. Um, yeah, so the idea is that you're stacking these habits together. So an example before I take my morning shower i will do five push-ups um so to use habit stacking write down a list of habits that you do every day without fail then go through that list and find the most suitable one to stack your new habit together with um celebrating immediately after a successful attempt to perform a habit can stir up positive emotions when you do this you reinforce the feel-good association and in turn the habit making it more likely you will repeat it um and i think so <laughs> I think we touched on this in the idea of like, you do need to track what you're like, if you're going to start implementing habits, I, I do think that it is crucial to write down what you already do because most of the time we're doing, like we said at the beginning, you know, 50% of your behavior is a habit. Most habits are automated. Most habits, you don't even think about what you're doing. So 50% of the day, you're just literally on autopilot, not even consciously aware of what you're doing. If you then start writing down all the behaviors you do every day for a week, like it's really not that long. I know like you have to try and um, remind yourself to do it. But if you do, then you can start seeing all the patterns, all the like stupid fucking behaviors that you engage in. Mm. And then you can be like, okay, I'm going to change this. Or these are the things that I do. I brush my teeth. And you could first thing in the morning. Yeah, and you can also night, be like, what, done. what started that? You kind of get what I mean? So it's not just, yeah. you're not yeah, just yeah. writing down the habits. It's like also then being like, okay, right. I did this, but why did I do that? Was it because I was bored? Yeah. Was it because this cue, like what, what, what actually caused that to be something I do? And I, yeah. I mean, if it's phone usage, it could just be this, the case of just having something too close to you and if you just remove it put your phone in another room you, you use it less right a lot of things yeah. is based upon like accessibility and ease like yeah 
No, absolutely. And like, then you can start looking into the, like you said, the complexity of it. You know, you can see, oh, when I go into the kitchen, I do this. So you already realize that there are cues in the kitchen that make you do certain things or at certain times I do something and you're starting to see, yeah, okay, these are all the behaviors I do, but then you can start breaking them down into those cue routine and rewards. You know, Mm -hmm. when this happens, I do this and this is the reward that I'm getting. And then you can start to manipulate all that, but it all starts with having like, you know, a list of all the things that you do in your days. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really important to do that. I think that's the first step, I think, for definitely getting rid of the work. More for, less for like proactively creating new habits, but more for removing some of the habits you personally maybe don't, don't want to continue doing. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, when, you're, when you start doing this habit tra- um, stacking stuff, the more you like reward yourself afterwards just at the very beginning will kind of like bind those two it will really like improve on um creating the association between those two so that it's easier to be like oh i know that when i'm gonna brush my teeth i'm gonna floss my teeth as well right yeah, you don't yeah. have to think of them as separate entities they're now kind of almost it's part it's part it's part of the routine right it's like it's not yeah. it's not separate habits it's like this is they're, they're together yeah um, yeah you can't do one without the other no exactly um i, I quite yeah. like here to Going back on to sort of like the the whole like creating a reward though, um, we are on create a reward uh, reward. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, what I was thinking of weirdly like what you can do is like a weird like you know football celebration like yes you know like a sort of yeah. like, I was yeah. like Christian Ronaldo like Soo! like he puts his yeah, arms down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it's a bit too far, but the whole idea of like whenever you do something good, you should like I don't know tense up or something to be like yes, like I've done it. Like it sounds really ridiculously probably stupid to be like just to yourself like yes. Can you imagine just so yeah, but the see, fact is, like, is that you brush your teeth, you're like, yes, I got it. Yes, um, I but, it's, <laughs> but, but, but it is that little mini, like, um, it feels good. I have to say, just yeah. even go like this, like, yes, like, I, I even yeah. feel a bit like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it does feel quite good to just like tense up, like, yes, like, I did it, like, I've done something. Like, I guess, why, why do people yeah. celebrate the way they do? There has to be something physiologically going on for them to be like, you know, like going crazy, like, yeah, like, yeah, there's got to be something like, to it. They can't just, they can't just be like, oh, like, I don't know. If they have to feel like they have to do that to celebrate. Yeah. You know what I mean, like it's, yeah. it's probably something built in, I would assume. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like you know, yeah, it could be fucking stupid, but who cares if it is giving you that feeling of like, oh, success? You know, I successfully yeah. did this. Then it doesn't matter because it's you're really, the one who's winning. At the end of the day, you find those, those habits. I've just, like, I've only just realised that actually, just even doing that. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it whenever I do stuff I wanted to do. Like, even if it's going to the, in fact, I think depending on how hard the thing is, depends on the level of celebration. You're going to yeah. see me running through the streets of Paris doing a football celebration after the gym. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, you're going to be in gym. some mental asylum and they're going to be like, he just <laughs> didn't imagine? stop, you know, celebrating in football poses. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. Um, but yeah. Okay. So on to the next step. Yes. So step six, which is set up a token economy. So this is one of the sort of, I guess you could call it newer, like this is an idea that wasn't really in atomic habits and I don't think we've explored it yet. So create a token that can be later exchanged for backup reinforcers in the form of actual rewards. So create a specific and measurable minimum daily quota. Each time you successfully reach your minimum daily quota, reward yourself with a certain number of tokens. Then start stacking your tokens where you can see them every day to create an inspiring visual representation of your progress that you want to keep building each day. Brackets here, you've got Habit Tower. So so set up your backup reinforcers. These are the rewards you get to exchange for your tokens for. These should be rewards that help help you get closer to your long-term goal. 
Um, so yeah, the main point here is if you achieve a daily quota, then provide yourself with visible tokens that can be added up to be redeemed for backup rewards. So in a weird way, this is like keeping score of the habit you're doing. So similar to, I think we're going to go on to elastic habits, but it's basically a point-based system, I guess. It's like, yeah, I mean, you could keep it as simple as every habit you do is one point. And obviously the daily quota would then be, let's just say you have 10 habits, it would be to get 10 points. And then the point is you stack up these points and then you are able to purchase something with these points. Obviously, not yeah. you can't just walk into a coffee shop, but by the way, I've got 10 points on my habit scorecard. Can you sort me out? Yeah, um, yeah. But the point it would being, be nice though, wouldn't it? It would be nice. It would be nice. Maybe, this, this, Maybe someone actually... should create some kind of habit track. Yeah. <laughs> there was... Um, there was an interesting one with cryptocurrencies. I don't know if you saw about it. it was basically tracking your runs and you're getting you're getting crypto tokens for it. And obviously oh, really? that was meant to have a value. So it was meant to be like yeah. get fit and get paid. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of like died died down. I don't think anything became of it. But the point here being right, like let's just, I, I took it less as I mean, the point here they were saying was it should the thing you buy with the tokens, the thing you exchange for the tokens should be related to one of the goals you have set related to the habits. But I still quite like the idea of it being maybe even like a cheeky rewards or something like if I do five days worth of full habits on the Saturday, let's just say, or after that, I can go and have a pizza. I can yeah. go have something which is like rewards me based on that, which is kind of like cheating, but it's good yeah. to cheat because you still need these things in your life to like, I don't know. I, I, I just I just think it's nice to have a reward like that. If that makes sense. A reward that's outside the scope of what you usually do. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree. So I agree. Yeah. But um, I can I can understand where it's like okay, my reward is I'm going to buy myself a new gym equipment. I'm going to buy myself yeah. a new gym outfit if I hit this much, you know, this many times. But the whole point being here is you're rewarded based upon your actions. You don't do something unless you've completed these things, and then you feel good for completing these things because you feel like it's meaningful. Yeah, it feels like it's adding up, and I think yeah. that's quite interesting because it's like it reminds me a lot of like gaming, and the reason why gaming so um, addictive is the the, the progression and XP system. Because it's like creating an XP system, isn't it? Experience points for people who don't yeah. know what that is. It's yeah. Like each habit is an experience point, and you're leveling, like you're kind of like accumulating these experience points to put into. I was going to say like a skill tree or something, but it's not the same. But you, you get my point. It's like you're yeah, putting yeah, it towards yeah. something. You're, you're earning currency to buy something, a bit like what you do in a video game. It basically means everything you do means something. Whereas before, I mean, obviously it can mean something towards being better, like having better health or whatever, but it's adding another layer to it where you're actually getting something tangible from it or something that you can actually see quickly. Yeah, I agree. Um, And I think having a visual representation is really important in this regard because a lot of the things that we do are pretty abstract anyway. And yeah, okay, you could have a habit tracker, right? But all it is is a tick. Um, And I do think it is interesting, like seeing something that really kind of embodies your progress and your efforts so that you can be like, okay, this is how yeah. how far how well I'm doing. If you're just if it's just an abstract number, like oh, you have twenty, it's like yeah. yeah, okay, you could say yeah, okay, that means that I can get a reward. But I think it is much more motivating if you actually see something that is kind of being built as well. It almost yes. symbolizes your progression that you're building yourself, but also you're building something that is I don't know um, that like I gave an example of like a tower, right? Like brick yeah. by brick, your that it represents you. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, think it is. Um, this one was really interesting. I thought it was really interesting, and we'll we'll, we'll explore like a, an alternative way of that one. I think when we do elastic habits, which has a very similar similar style where you're accumulating points, but it's based upon different levels of habits. And yeah, we'll we'll get onto that in another yeah. review. 
Um, do you want to head, head off for the next one? Yeah. So schedule a week. Uh, so step seven: schedule a weekly review. So schedule ten to fifteen minutes every week to examine the progress you're making on your habit. Add up at how many tokens you acquired over the week and exchange them for rewards. Reflect on the days you missed and adjust your habits to make it easier. And I think this is actually, I think this is really important. Like I, when I, I think the first time I read um, Atomic Habits, I was like, oh, weekly review. It's all this kind of like productivity shit where, you know, you're always reviewing everything that you do. But actually it makes so much sense because you can't see the patterns of your behavior from just like individual, you know, sessions or experiences. Um, and I think when you do do this, you can be like, okay, why did I not do that one? Why was this one really easy? Should I turn up the difficulty a bit more? Or, you know, it's, it's, it, it just, you're able to see it. From both you, yeah. You, you can't adjust the strategy and behavior you're doing unless you know where you're currently at. Yeah. Right? It's, it's like, I guess why, you know, sports are quite easy to get a hold of is because when you hit it out, you know, you've hit it out immediately. Whereas yeah. with this habit stuff to track you, you don't really know when you, you kind of like, you, you, you don't really realize where you've missed the mark, where you've hit the mark. So therefore weekly review to be Absolutely. like, how many, how many of my habits have landed in the core? How many of them landed out the core? And what can I do to change these in the future? Yeah. It's your That's method of tweaking it at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and it keeps you back. It basically like puts you back on you know the right trajectory. Um, no, for sure. It's one of the things you know, I've, you know? I've personally ever looked a lot with, um, with my stuff. I, I, I yeah. used to have it. I, I even still have it in my calendar built in, but the amount of times I've done it is, is questionable. But I think I've had, but going with that, it is probably one of the most important things you can do with this habit stuff. I think possibly the weekly, how did it go this week? Yeah. If you're being very methodical and tracking it very methodically, it's probably the most important part yeah. for, for getting yourself back on track for maybe even like writing a little bit about, you know, if let's say you missed a couple of days, you can write the context for you missed the days. You'd be like, do you know what? Actually this week I had something on, which really made it impossible. Like, you know, I was on holiday. I don't know. Um, at least then you can start seeing, you know, you could build up like a, like a diary database of all the things. And then, like you said, if you do enough weekly reviews, you can go back and be like, hey, right, am I making the same excuses? Yeah, yeah, and if I am, yeah. oh, hang on a second, maybe I need to rethink, is that actually an excuse or am I just being, you know, am I, am I just finding excuses to make sure I, you know, I feel better about myself? Yeah. And, and I think you brought up a point in the last um, podcast, I think it was, uh, about how, you know, we can easily gamify um uh, we can easily like just do something for the sake of the measure um as yeah. in like we'll track we'll track a habit just for the sake of it rather than actually thinking it's not it's no longer motivating we're just doing it to get that tick and so i think having a weekly review is like well am i doing this genuinely is it actually still motivating me is it actually benefiting me or yeah. do i need to come up with a different way of motivating me which is a different habit or you know, I was even going to say you can you can add and remove habits. So, for example, you might you might realize actually, hang on a second, I'm now hitting my flossing every bloody day. Why do I even need to track this anymore? Like yeah. you should just remove it. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, and then maybe it's automatic. Yeah. Maybe you could even have a, a monthly review of something, right? And then it's like, yeah. have I dropped off the habits that I originally put on and I've like removed? If that makes sense. So the ones I thought I'd mastered, can I? Can I? Am I still have I have I still continued with them once I've mastered them? If that makes sense. Yeah. So you can even yeah. give yourself a little like master mastery, like you know I've I've mastered yeah. this habit. I'm doing it every day. I've done it every day for four weeks. Now I can take it off my, you know, my habit rotor. Yeah. And then then you have a review being like, actually, have I dropped off since this? So yeah. do I need to bring it back into the habit? You know, mix. I think that's yeah. a really good point. 
Um, remind me to write that down so I add it. Yeah, to I was going to say, I, I, can't <laughs> to, I can't need to write that on second. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I will, I will be adding this to my weekly review. I think um, it's worth it, isn't it? Like, like a mastery review, section. Yeah. Uh, no, because I was thinking about that recently because I've got these two kind of routines. I do morning and night, and they encapsulate like 10 habits each. But they, I basically just start thinking of it now as like one big habit. But actually, yeah. I've been doing it for like the last three weeks pretty consistently. And I don't need to, I don't need to really have a habit to say I brush my teeth and I, flo- uh, and I floss them. I like the idea of ticking it and getting a routine done, but I could also introduce new things into this routine. I think, I think you have to... I, Bit, bit like what we were saying before, where it's like um, you start small and you build up. Eventually, you have to remove the smaller goals, bigger ones, I think, or like yeah, other yeah. stuff. I don't know. I just, I think once you've got it down to a habit, like it isn't worth tracking anymore. I don't, yeah. I, I just, you know, maybe, but, but maybe it is fine. Maybe it's worth just reviewing every now and again, being like, am I yeah. still doing the things I was doing? And if you're not, you just introduce it back into the mix. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think it's worth doing that because I think you should just like, like we said before, try to focus on like 20 different habits. You do like five ones that are key for now. Then once you've built them into the routine, you then progressively pick up new ones. I agree. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. On to the next one. Yes. So we've got step eight after the weekly room. We've got design your environment. So our surroundings are heavily influenced. Uh, sorry, our surroundings heavily influence our behavior, often without us being consciously aware of it. Um, and then you've got here, so finding flow, we've got activation energy. The bigger the obstacle standing in the way of your desired behavior, the more activation energy you would need to muster up and the less likely you'll be able to do it. So brackets, make it easy like from atomic habits. Um, the obstacles that we face can include fatigue, anxiety, lack of discipline, which if present can lead to set- settling for something that, although less enjoyable, is more accessible. So you've got here something, mis- make the activation energy as low as possible, so the two-minute rule. So this is back to what we were saying before, which is, make something as easy as possible to do and make it less yeah. than two minutes. Um, so yeah, if, if you want to read two pages, place the book right where you sit as well. So yeah, so design your environment. So the classic examples, I think we've spoke about so many times with phones. Yeah. If you don't want to use it, if you want to use your phone less, put it in another room, put it outside of arm's reach, etc. If you want to do something more, have it within arm's reach. So for example, you want to drink more water, fucking slap a bottle of water right next to you for the whole day. And yeah. as long as it's felt filled up, you're more likely to, to drink water right absolutely it's, it's as simple as that so design your environment around what habits you want to avoid doing so anything you want to avoid doing make sure it's an effort to do it i mean this classic examples wasn't there which is like sign yourself up instagram if you don't want to use instagram yeah. another one people do stuff like let's say you want to play do less like play less video games literally unplug your console and put your like plug in another room in a box and lock it or something yeah. like that yeah. um, do stuff where it makes it more difficult and then obviously make stuff more, uh, more accessible if you want if you want to do the habit. Yeah. Um, it's as simple like as that. We're really lazy creatures at the end of the day, right? Like we really don't want to, we want to conserve as much energy as possible. So the more friction there is to something, the less likely we are to do it. The easier it is, the more likely we're going to do it. Um, and then obviously there are added layers on top of that about the rewards and all of that stuff. But this is basically just, if there are cookies in your in your environment, you're probably going to have one. If you don't want to eat yeah. biscuits, put them to the back That's of the true. shelf. Or yeah, them well, out, right? the best like, way is you just don't have them in the fridge or don't yeah. have them in the, in the cupboard, yeah. right? You know, out of sight, out of mind. That's basically that's yeah. Well, I mean, if, it, if it takes a trip to the shops to get what you you know you you really want to eat, then you're less likely to do it than if it just you know yeah. oh, I can open my fridge right now and grab whatever it is that if it's like yeah. sweets or whatever. It's exactly. Gonna, yeah. 
Um, okay, so step nine, make procrastination difficult. So when we procrastinate, it's usually a result of us responding to our environment. For bad habits or competing behaviors, raise the activation energy and increase friction. Um, identify the behaviors you could resort to and increase their activation energy. So example, if snoozing is causing you to miss your morning exercise, put the alarm clock in the next room. Um, so yeah, the point that I just got from this. The last one. It's like, yeah, it's like pretty very, much, very yeah. much. Yeah, almost the opposite. Just, you know, trying to increase that activation energy. Um, and I think it is, I, I did think it was interesting, the idea of like, what other behaviors I could resort to, right? Like, okay, let's say I'm not in the mood for a run. So do I normally just resort to watching TV? If I can figure out all the like behaviors that I resort to and identify yeah, which ones are good and bad for me, behaviors, start, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Then I can start increasing that activation energy towards all those bad behaviors and making it easier um, and lower for for the others for the good ones. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's sure. it's that reinforcing, isn't it? That positive reinforcement. That's what you want there. Well, no, no, it makes it makes sense. It's just is is this is just like another. Um, it's it's exactly the same as the the step before, which is designing the environment, but designing it once again just to make making the things that you always procrastinate with harder to do. So, like yeah. you said before, with the phones and stuff. I mean, even with the TV, what you could do if you knew that TV is the thing that you know makes you procrastinate even go from a run, you hide the remotes. Yeah, you unplug the TV. I don't know anything. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, and it's like we said, this is, you know, you can very, if you've listened to the Atomic Habits review, you can very clearly see the inspiration for, for James Clear here. These, you know, this stuff's been talked about for ages with the sort of, you know, making things easy, making things hard. Um, it's yep. just said in a different way, right? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And then step 10 and 11, I'm going to kind of bring them together a yeah, little yeah. bit because they're very yeah. similar because it's very like social based. So step 10 is surround yourself with role models. And then step 11 is turn accomplices into supporters. So, with the surrounding yourself with role models, we are often unconsciously influenced by the people around us and what we value in them, especially if we are close to them. Um, so even the goals of people you don't know can have a big impact on the goals you decide to pursue. Um, we are more likely to pursue a goal just by seeing somebody else doing it. And it's crucial to surround yourself with people who are similar, passionate and have similar goals. I mean, this is kind of, you know, you can see the effects of this with, you know, CrossFit clubs, which have become a bit of like a religion yeah. slash cult in my opinion, but they yeah. like... Because oh, it's not sort of cult or religion, but you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's very, it's a very close knit community of people with very similar goals yeah. that obviously helps them stick to sort of going to the gym, etc. I think individual yeah. going to the gym individually is harder than obviously being part of a class and a group that always exercises together and trains together. And this is the point here, which is if you surround yourself with people who have similar goals, who are lit, who are literally just trying to achieve the same goal as you, which is get you know more healthy, exercise more. You're more likely to do the the things within that group because you all sort of like pressure each other into doing it. Um, that's one of those things that's quite often overlooked. Um, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Especially, especially when most people's immediate friendship groups probably have a lot of different goals, if that makes sense. Like, cause you, you, you don't usually build friends upon goals. Usually you usually just build, you know, people enjoy spending time with time with, and therefore it's necessary for goal pursuit. I think sometimes to, when you're pursuing certain goals, you make friends around those goals and therefore you yeah. can all sort of cross-pollinate ideas, motivate each other, etc. Yeah. No, I agree. I think there's like there's multiple benefits to being part of a group when you're pursuing a habit. 
whether that's like the accountability or seeing other people similar to you doing something and you, you realizing that it's also possible. Um, and like, there's the added benefit of it's probably more fun. It's more social. You're working on multiple different um, aspects and you're still hitting that habit. So I think they're all like really beneficial and it's just more likely to motivate you at the end of the day. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I think, I think, uh, I, think fact, I, I, I think it's so. I've also missed it. missed the point there. Well, it's it, obviously it's about finding people who have similar goals, but it also mentions obviously in the thing it says like role models, so also people you look up to. So yeah. Like surround yourself with people you look up to who you aspire to be like, because if yeah. you aspire to be like them, you're going to find yourself copying them, imitating them, etc. Um, and I think a point on that is that uh, there was a point in this that said that you know we pick up these things unconsciously. You know, so if you're surrounded by people who have terrible habits, who go against the thing that you're trying to improve, even if you're not consciously aware that you're copying them or imitating them, a lot of the time we do. Um, it's much easier to. And so the same thing goes for like being around role models or people who exhibit those kind of habits that we want to um, copy, because, yes, we want to we're looking at them consciously and we're like, oh, I want to be like that. But also unconsciously, we're still copying them. You know, and so it all yeah. helps at the end of the day. Um, and so, yeah, it's just once again, it's another part of your environment um, and your relationship to all those all those things in your environment. Um, and then we got the yeah. step eleven, which 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 links that. So the turn accomplices into supporters. So other people's emotions and attitudes that they bring to relationship can affect our behaviours. And the whole point of this is, you know, making sure people who are sort of in the same boat as you, going for the same goal become supporters of your goals. So they obviously want to help you. They're, you know, encouraging you when you hit the targets. They're also, you know, not berating not berating you, but obviously applying pressure when you're not to be like, come on, you know, you're better than this type of thing. You know, um, the point being here, you, you create a support network and not just yourself for achieving a goal. You have other people here who are willing, you know, who, who are supporting you and who understand how hard it is sometimes to, you know, keep consistency, but they're there yeah. to obviously, you know, help you pick up the pieces if you fail, etc. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, all right on to step 12 yeah go for it okay so create a commitment a commitment contract um, enables you to create self-imposed immediate consequences for procrastinating your contract should consist of three parts your goal the habit you want to create something at stake this could be cold hard cash or your reputation um, or, and a referee, the person who will be ho um, be holding you accountable to your goal. Choose someone who you know will be strict but fair. Um, and we talked about commitment contracts in um, Atomic Habits, I think. But, yeah, it's just something, another method that holds you accountable, something that is a bit more legit, um, a bit more tangible, and something that incorporates someone else to hold you accountable and to, you know, I think we talked about it in depth, but the idea that like your reputation is on the line, you don't want to be seen as someone who's inconsistent, who doesn't um, have much integrity and stay true to their word and actually follow through with things. Because especially if you do that with a friend, well, then they're just going to see those, um, those qualities or those lack of qualities as, so, you know, do you want, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, somebody's not, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like what you're saying. And then we've got here step 13, which is pretty much very similar. Uh, it's just get accountability. Um, so this is more, this is uh, by the Hawthorne effect, which is we perform better when we are aware, we are aware, sorry, we are being watched. 
So a couple of examples we've got here is print out your goal, give it to friends. Another one is find an accountability partner, a group and share it with them. Another one is join an online community related to your habit and post it in the forums. Another one is send your like in, your intentions with a mentor. Another one is get a coach and ask them to hold you accountable. Another one is post on social media, like we're saying. Um, and then another one is start a blog and give the URL to a group of supporters so that they hold you accountable to posting regularly. All this sort of stuff is what you were just saying there, which is you know putting your reputation on the line, yeah. putting yourself on the line, and basically saying socially to a large group of people like I'm doing this. And then obviously, if you fl- you know you flake on that, it's a bit like okay, like you said, it's you come across as somebody who doesn't stick to what they're saying, and it just you know makes you look a bit a bit shit, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think at the end of the day, you just need to try and think of ways to make yourself be more noticeable with this commitment right like all of these are just different methods you could even live stream yourself so that if you stop then everyone's watching you stop you know um there are multiple ways to go about it but they all basically tap into the same thing the fact that you're being watched you're being held accountable and you don't want to seem like someone who's inconsistent and not following through what they um intended um Yeah. yeah and then step 14 so prevent mental loopholes I thought this was one of the more interesting aspects of the book. Um, So we want to make the right choice as long as we don't have to make it right now. We often find loopholes and these are like, I guess you call like loopholes just rationalizations, right? It's just ways ways of rationalizing your decision not to do the habit. Yeah. Um, So moral licensing. So you give yourself permission to do something bad because you've done something good um two false choice so you pose two activities in opposition as if you have to make an either or decision even though like, uh, yeah. the two aren't necessarily in conflict like that i was gonna say something good. like you know like um oh i could go to the gym or i do this it's like well yeah. we could do both like, yeah by framing the question is i can either do this or this you forget that you could add the word and <laughs> yeah so it's just yeah exactly and and like there are so many other options you know it's like yeah uh I, if i can't go to the to the gym i'm not going to do fitness it's like well there's plenty of other options um yeah, yeah. it's yeah i've just i know i've done all of these um number three a lack of control so you tell yourself that your lack of control over the situation and circumstances forces you to break your habits um number four arranging to fail so instead of avoiding temptation you plan in a way that you um that you succumb Mm-hmm. uh number five so this doesn't count you tell yourself that for some reason this particular circumstance <laughs> doesn't count god it's just yeah it's, i'm it's reading just... my life here um <laughs> <laughs> number six so questionable assumptions so you make an assumption that negatively influences your habits um number seven concern for others so you tell yourself that you're acting out of consideration for <laughs> so others. altruistic yeah i can't go to the gym because i just make everyone feel so bad about themselves you know <laughs> um <laughs> um and then fake self-actualization so you accept one. a failure yeah. of your habit by disguising it as an embrace of life um i think you've yeah, probably like, all done that yeah, yeah. um and then last one, uh, so one coin. So you devalue the meaning of one single attempt. Um, I think all of those are just so true. Uh, and I yeah, kind of want to just plug them into my notion, plug them into my brain, just so I can be aware. Yeah, do you know what? It's, 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 yeah, it's just like, 
obviously the next part you said is get into the habit of asking these questions of is this thought true or is my brain simply seeking the path of least resistance it's yeah. almost like let's just say you're ever in a situation where you're feeling like not like not doing something sorry you just pull up this list of like and then be like is it one of these things that i'm crazy yeah, yeah. in my head right now to justify the not doing and i think yeah. a lot of the time it will be one of these like like you said it's it's so funny how many of these we use. And I think it's quite interesting. Maybe there might be, if you can dip, like write down maybe what you're, you're you're telling yourself as you're doing it, right? You can start seeing patterns of how you use them. Because yeah. I've noticed I use some more than others, right? And I'm convinced some other people might use different variations, if that makes sense. Like each person has their own way of convincing themselves. Like, for example, I don't often use moral licensing, I don't think. Although, that, actually, no, I like, because sometimes you can be like, well, I've eaten, you know, I've gone to the gym today done something good so i can have a pizza or do you know what I mean that fact, that is a classic one yeah, i think yeah, yeah um but there's some here that are, for example questionable assumptions doesn't happen too much fake self self-actualization i do that quite a few times may need to do with alcohol be like oh well you know you only live once gotta have fun gotta go do this <laughs> yeah. um one coin yeah. yeah but i would love to know this i like the idea of just like being you know conscious of the things i'm using to try and excuse myself and realize yeah. or seeing if there's like patterns to it because there might be ones which is more like certain contexts bring up certain um excuses do you know what i mean like i was saying like yes yeah, yolo yeah. seems more to come up to like you know if it's like to do with going out drinking etc i feel like yolo is one of the primary ones that you use yeah or at least that's i don't really ever think oh you know i'm not going to the gym because yolo does that make sense i'm not there going yeah, like, yeah. i'm not going to work out today because you only live once I mean, too bad. I can imagine some people doing that. Just be like, oh, you only live once. You might as well just, you know, pleasure yourself. Um, and eat, like, <laughs> and not the gym. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it's, 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 I would say there's also another one, or at least I know I'm aware of this, where I'm saying, I can't do it properly, so I shouldn't do it at all. Um, uh, I used yes. to really get into that mindset where, like, oh, it, it was really bad. It was like, I couldn't go, I hadn't gone to the gym Monday, Tuesday, because I was super busy. So I couldn't do my weekly like routine. Uh, so then yeah, I just yeah. go, and then I, and I would justify it that way, or like, oh, I don't have enough time to go to the gym. I only have like forty minutes, and so I'm not going to go at all. Um, and I remember I would always just like, yeah, that was a terror. I don't think I do it as much anymore, but um, yeah, I used to. I know what so you mean. Much. It's almost like a form of perfectionism to do it to a degree. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like you know i don't uh, yeah i can't be perfect with my my workout so i'm gonna like skip it to the next week because yeah. i can't start on the workout i wanted to my mm. new thing is i just i just always just go to the next one so i have like a circuit oh yeah yeah all different workouts and like even if i miss a day i'm just gonna go straight to like the one that was due if that makes sense so for example i think that's I, a good rule like i think i got legs today for example right and then yeah after that's gonna be shoulders or whatever it's just like Am I, am I going to be flexible to dates? Because I just know sometimes stuff happens in life where you can't go on the day. And if you stick to like Monday, Tuesday is this, Thursday, Friday is this, then yeah. you're just, you know, you, unfortunately, you're, it's just never going to work that way. Yeah. Um, yeah no, I, which actually, yeah. funny enough, brings us into the next one, which is step 15, plan for failure. So um, build a chain as long as possible. But if you happen to break it, simply start a new one straight away. Don't ruminate over a missed attempt uh, because stacking guilt and shame on top of what you perceive as a poor poor performance only makes it harder to get back on track um so like well, like we we're just saying there you sort of you're planning to fail like i'm planning yeah. sometimes to fail the gym but my my like my fallback is i just continue with the sort of formula or the 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 workouts that i was going to do in a row so yeah. i already know what i'm going to do if i fail to do the gym one day i'm going to go the next day and i'm going to do what i was meant to do the day before um 
And this is yeah. the point here. So like, you know what happens when, let's just say you want to floss your teeth every day. If you miss a day, you just floss your teeth the next day. Yeah. No harm done. You realize, yeah. you know, we're all imperfect. Stuff's going to come up. Yeah. You're going to forget some days. You know, as long as you get back on, like I think you even sent it to me the other day when, when I was saying I was really busy, like don't miss two days. I went to the gym yeah. that day, you know, yeah. it's, it, it, because you have to, because if you miss two yeah. days, well, you don't have to, but the whole point is, you know, if you're going to fail, try not to fail too many times. Cause yeah. like we said at the beginning, you'll have that um, learned helplessness. You'll start being like, well, I'll, all I do is fail. I, I never hit it. I never do it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's, I think it's really important. Um, and I think it, you know, when we do fail, if we don't have a plan for it or if we haven't visualized it or seen that it's coming, we get caught up in it. Um, and uh, so we start ruminating about the failure and everything like that. Whereas, you know, if we can be a bit more composed and be like, okay, fine, I missed this. But my plan was that if I ever missed this, then I would just crack onto it the next day. Or I, I need to make sure that I do it the next day. Um, you have a plan. And it just makes it a lot more approachable rather than overwhelming. Like, oh, fuck, I didn't go to the gym today. Like, you know, it, what am I supposed to do? Um, it's, that, it's a famous yeah. Mike Tyson quote, isn't it? Like, everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. Kind of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, feel like it's, I feel like it's very, yeah, it, it almost fills you with a little bit of confidence as well when you know, a bit like what we said about earlier, where you, you, have a, you, like, you know what to do, right? When you know what to do, everything's easier. So like, yeah. you know that if you fail, what you need to do is just continue. Like, yeah. don't, don't, like you said, don't ruminate on it. Don't be like, oh my God, I can't believe I missed a day. It's like, of course you're going to miss a day. It's like, nobody nobody ever just successfully does it every day. Even like the top yeah. athletes have days where they probably miss it. But what, but what sort of differentiates them from the average person is they just bounce back almost immediately and like, fuck it, I'm going, I'm yeah. going tomorrow, right? Like it's, you know, they don't think, oh, beat myself up. They're too busy thinking, I need to get my next year training session in. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I like... So to draw a link between the step that we were just talked about before, the loopholes and plan for failure. The loopholes are almost what leads to that plan of failure. Obviously, there are circumstances that arise and sometimes we can't do our habits. But I think there was something actually interesting here that I think I skipped over. And it said, create specific if-then mini actions to protect your habit from mental loopholes. So if you see that you're going to, if you, you become aware that you're about to use a loophole, if you are, then you have an action in response. You've got that plan. So it's like if my brain is telling me, oh, um, if I can't do it perfectly, then don't do it at all. Then straight away, it's like, okay, well, I need to go and do it just a little bit. You know, mm. I need to just go and do like a five minute run at the gym. Even if you're just showing up, once again, we've talked about like the importance of just showing up with habits um, and how it means a lot. Because once again, you're still ingraining those neurological pathways from just showing up. Um, but I think part of that plan, plan for failure, sometimes is, you know, if we're going to use those loopholes, have a response. You're like, okay, fine, then I'm going to do this. As soon as, like, yeah, you know, you see yourself do, uh, engaging in those loopholes. Um, yeah, I, I, I quite like this because this would link with elastic habits where what you could potentially do, which we'll discuss another yeah. thing, is bring yeah. it into like, so like the loophole is I really don't feel like doing this and then find you're like, fine, I won't do this, but I'll do the mini version of this habit. I will do something exactly. which is still counting towards the overall like yeah. streak or the overall goal, et cetera. Like, you know, I really don't feel like like doing this today, but I'm going to go play squash instead. I don't feel like yeah. going to the gym, I'm going to do this instead. It's that kind of thing, I think. Creating a plan around like, if it really is the case where you can't manage to motivate yourself, you have an alternative, which is, you know, sexy enough to make you do that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's really important. I think the baseline literally is just showing up. 
you know? Yeah. And if you can create any kind of divert any of those loopholes to just showing up, then that's already, you're already winning. Anything above is, you know, even better, but you just need to be able to show up. Um, yeah. And then if you do fail for whatever circumstance, um, for whatever reason, then fine, but get on back, uh, get back on it tomorrow. Yeah, I think an interesting point, which isn't in this book, but is that like classic um, differentiating between failing as an action and failing as like your identity. So like you're not yeah. a failure, you just failed. Yeah. Like you just failed, you just didn't do the thing. It's not. It's not who you are. Yeah. It's the, if, that, if that makes sense, you don't take it personally. It's not like an identity yeah. thing. It's more like an action thing. It's like oh, today I failed. I I specifically failed to do this specific task. That's what I did. I failed to do this task. I didn't. Doesn't make me a failure. It just means I just didn't do this one time. Because you could probably find, especially if you built up a massive streak, oh, wow, out of 50 days, I've done it 45 times. Exactly. Is that, is that, right. is that a failure, like a 90% hit rate? Um, it's not. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that exactly. was correct there, 90%. That, no, I th- that was pretty quick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> just as I said it, I was like, God, is that correct? Um, yeah. It's a habit, mate. There you go. Um we get straight into this actionable steps then so yeah so this is just a review of all the all the ones throughout the book that we've kind of mentioned but yeah let's get through so one begin with identifying the keystone habits um so as we discussed earlier this is you know the the habits which compound into other habits such as you know maybe health exercise etc even better sleep etc helps with other habits because if you're feeling more energized you've got more willpower to then follow other things you want to do um We've got number two, so making your habits so small that it doesn't even require much willpower to start. So as we said before, this is reducing the habits to the smallest possible action you can take. So uh, it can be something as you know, simple as putting on your gym clothes to you know, starting your walk to the gym, starting your drive to the gym, whatever it is, just start the action that you want to do. Yeah. And the habit will usually follow through itself. Um, yep. Three, you've... Yeah, you go. Use the sunk cost fallacy in your favor. So the idea of basically making commitment prior to engaging in your habit, so it makes your habit much easier, basically. Um, and then we have uh, use implementation. So writing down when and where, basically putting down the specifics to your habit. So I'm going to journal when I'm in bed, about to go to sleep. Um, and then habits uh, number five. So habit stacking. So after before an established habit, I will do my new habit. So after I brush my teeth, I will floss, I will floss them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got here, so to use habit stacking, write down a list of habits that you do every day without fail, then go through that list and find the most suitable one to stack your new habit together with. Um, so like you just said, uh, if you want to start doing more flossing, it kind of makes sense to do it when you're already brushing your teeth. So then you, you know, you bulk that on to you know, brush your teeth. I guess another one could be, let's say you do a morning walk um, and the gym is a walk away. You combine the morning walk with the gym session. Um, something where basically the two habits are, you know, um, I guess mutually compatible. Another one could be when I make my coffee in the morning, I sit down and read. And then if yeah. you want to do you combine that with the starting easy, I sit down and read one page and yeah. then, you know, see where you get from there. Um, exactly. and then number seven, we got the sort of celebrate immediately after your successful attempt to perform a habit. So we were saying in this podcast, sort of like a, you know, tensing your arm, but like, yes, a bit like, I don't know, just 
changing like a physical like motion to yourself but like tensing yeah. or like yes like i don't like almost like a football celebration as weird as that sounds something which makes you something which your body then notices that you've like you've done the habit you've completed it like it's, yeah. it's done you're like yes it's finished and like, i feel there's something weird about it which i can't explain which just sort of tells your body like it's done it's finished i feel good yeah yeah it's, it's like, like you close that loop it's a ritual yeah it's like yeah no, absolutely um, um and then number eight so if you achieve your daily quota so this is was in regard to the token um, economy if you achieve your daily quota then provide yourself with visible tokens that can be added up to rede- and be redeemed for backup reinforcers so rewards um so yeah and then over the you know whether you combine that at the end of the week or add that up at the end of the week then you can be like okay this is how many tokens i got and this means that i can exchange it for this reward um yeah and then uh, number nine so schedule 10 to 15 minutes every week to examine the progress you're making on your habit so this was in regards to the weekly review really important to basically just have a different perspective of your progress during the week so you can see your patterns and then jess had the great idea of um you know possibly uh the ones that become so automated maybe you can start dropping them from your weekly review and then or have like a monthly tracking, review right? Remove them from yeah. the tracking yeah. exactly and then um and then at the end of you know have a monthly review and be like okay did i stop doing them if so maybe they should go back onto maybe i should start tracking them again or just continue on yes. um yeah and then you've got here on this is part i guess of the weekly review reflect on the days you missed and you adjust your habits to make it easier so this is kind of just yeah when you're doing the weekly review taking stock of like okay what was the habit style you know i missed the mark on the most and maybe why was that what can i do to make it easier and i guess you could do the same with what habits have i you know kept doing that i shouldn't have done and how can i make those harder to do um yeah and then the next bit here you've got is sort of make the activation energy as low as possible for good habits and as high as possible for uh, bad ones the two minute rule so similar to before or what i was just saying there so design your environment so the habits you want to do are easy to do Uh, i mean let's go let's give an example um, you want to brush your teeth, you have your flosses and, and floss, sorry, you have your floss right next to your toothbrush for when you're doing it. Um, and then obviously make the bad habits as hard as possible to do. If you want to reduce your phone usage, put your phone in the other room, lock it in like one of those boxes you can buy, anything like that. You want to drink more water, put a you know, bottle of water next to you for the whole day. Yeah. Um, yep. Absolutely. Um, and then the next one is, uh, I think I've just stepped over on the other one, which is identify the bad habits and make it make yeah. it harder. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so 13. So it's crucial to surround yourself with people who are similar, passionate and have similar goals. So the whole, whole idea, you know, it basically makes you more motivated, gives you more momentum, holds you more accountable. Um, and then on accountability, you know, 14, create a commitment contract. So, something where you know it involves you feeling like you're being watched or you're putting a reputation on the line especially if you're doing it with friends you don't want to let them down you don't want to seem inconsistent or that you don't follow through with anything so a commitment contract is something that's just a bit more tangible than saying it to someone like oh i'm gonna run 5k every day um yeah and it can have a penalty can't it like a physical it exactly. can have a penalty such as an activity you have to do or donation of money etc it can be yeah. something which causes maybe a bit of pain not even just reputation it can be actual like um, you know, monetarily pay, mon- monetary pain, I guess you could call it when you donate, yeah. I don't know, like 50 quid or something to something you didn't want to. Um, yeah, no, it, exactly. Um, and then, uh, so yeah. And then 
but on that it wasn't yeah we were giving all those examples of how to make yourself seem more noticeable um as in like you know hold ac- held accountable yeah so printing out stuff and yeah, yeah, just you know, um, announcing on social media. This is my, you know, I'm doing this every day. Exactly, um, it's probably enough to hold you accountable. Absolutely. Um, and then sixteen. So get into the habit of asking, "Is this thought true?" So in regard to all of the loopholes that we were mentioning, um, when we see our brain trying to, you know, uh, rationalize getting out of doing our habit. Then we need to ask ourselves, is this thought true or is my brain simply seeking the path of least resistance? Um, and in response to those, when we do see ourselves, you know, starting to use a loophole, we need to be prepared. We need to have a plan of action in response that goes, OK, well, if I engage in this loophole, then I do this. So an example would be if I one loophole is if I can't do it properly, I won't do it at all. So if I start thinking that way and having that thought, then my response would be, okay, well, then I just need to show up and just do a little bit Yeah. in response every time. You change the goal. Um, the goal isn't perfection anymore. It's now just to, you know, just to do something. Something's exactly. better than nothing. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then, the very last one is, well, I think we're on the last one, right? Yeah. Yeah. 18, so don't ruminate over a missed attempt because stack, uh, stacking guilt and shame on top of what you perceive as poor performance only makes it harder to get back on track. So this is the idea that, you know, you're always going to fail at some point and it's just, you know, moving past it, moving on, not sort of identifying with your failure. Just be like, you know, I missed it today. You know, whoops, let's not miss it again. Type of exactly. Thing. Exactly. Um, so yeah, those Perfect. are all the actionable ideas on this book. Um, yeah. yeah, I think you can check out I think the, it's, uh, I was going to say, you can check out the full um, the full summary that you've written up and obviously with these actual steps, because this podcast has pretty much followed the exact summary, I believe, that's been put on the website. Yeah. So if you yeah. wanted to sort of, you know, remind yourself of what we've been discussing, it's all available uh, under the Absolutely. Habit Blueprint on the website. Yep. And stay tuned for more if you want to know even more about habits. Um, uh, I think the next book we're doing, is it the now habits? I think we'll do the now habit next. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so, and then we'll yeah, see. Stay there. there's, there's plenty more. There's got to be at least another like three or four, potentially five books. So oh my God. Um, by the end of it, if you guys aren't, you know, um, embedding these habits, then we've done, we haven't done a good job basically. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. So, okay. So then that's a wrap, I guess. That's all right. Beautiful. Yeah. Hey guys, well there you have it. We hope you enjoyed that book summary. Now we know it can be a lot to take in all at once, so if you want to be able to read this in a more palatable size, or you want to be able to implement any of those key actionable ideas that we were talking about in this episode, head on over to our website at wisewords.blog where the book summary will be waiting for you. Also, don't forget to check out our socials as we consistently upload the key ideas, benefits and actionable ideas from all the books that we read. The links to those will be in the description below. Now, we want to be able to get you the best content in a way that's really easy to understand, but we need your help. Your opinion matters. So you are our feedback mechanism. And with those quick actions, whether that's leaving us a like or a dislike, commenting in the comment section below or subscribing to our channel, all of those help us gauge what we're doing well and how to improve on our method of delivery. So if you have any thoughts on the matter, don't hesitate to act. 
takes less than 10 seconds and it really helps us out. But with all that being said, until next time, stay wise.